Oh, you know what? I think I'm on everywhere. I'm not on f Facebook. That's what we're not on. We're not on Facebook, but we're on, um, we're on uh, YouTube for sure. And we're on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. You know what? And that ain't nothing. You know what? Let me tell you something right now. That ain't nothing. That's something. But uh, in a minute, we're going to... Um, We'll be uh, on with uh, everybody here. Look at it right there as I'm doing that. Someone goes that they're sharing my post. And we're going to hit start a live video. And then we'll officially start. For those of you already tuned in going, what? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? Oh, we, you know what? I'll tell you what's going on in the wide, wide world of sports. I don't know about that. I do know what's going on right here, right now, at this very moment, is that we are live on Facebook Live. We are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We are live on YouTube, Comedy Schools, and we are living on a thin line with Tony Visick. I am that Tony Visick. Who is that man? Tony Visick was that man. Uh, we are live right here, right now for you. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, uh, our Arizona time. Uh, you got to figure this out because Arizona's one of those states going, we ain't doing no daylight savings times. It kind of makes sense for Arizona not to do daylight savings time because uh, who needs another hour of daylight in the summer in Arizona? But uh, anyway, it messes up nationally sometimes. People get confused as to when to uh, watch us. Hello, Eric Snyder. Hello, Tina, Mike Lawson. Hello, everybody tuning in right now. We are your daily, daily uh, reprieve, your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla going on in the world today. Uh, we talk to you uh, through your questions and comments on Facebook Live, your questions and comments on YouTube, and your questions and comments on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Got some announcements. Got some announcements. Um, one of the announcements is tonight at 6 p.m. my time, Arizona time, which is really Pacific time right now. But man, that... all right, that's quite enough. Uh, I, have a, I have a helper in the office today. <laughs> Tonight at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona Time, Pacific Time, whatever you want to call it, 6 p.m. We are doing a free intro for our stand-up comedy workshops. Absolutely free. Okay? Uh, no obligation. No cost, friends. Just free. Just come on in. If you go on my page, Tony Visick, uh, right below where this show will uh, be uh, posted, at 2.30, uh, 2 or 3 down, is a link, a direct link that allows you to pop in. Hello, Lauren Molliver. Uh, hello, Kelly Wilson. A direct link that allows you to pop in and uh, view what we do. Uh, I know what you're sitting out there going, well, I'm not a stand-up comic. Uh, I've never thought about being a stand-up comic, but i got to make a speech on Zoom. i got to make a presentation on Zoom uh, next week, and uh, I'm already uh, sick to my stomach over it, and it's a week away. Uh, I've got to do the wedding toast at my brother's wedding, and uh, I don't want to screw that up because this is like his fourth wedding, and that'll probably be it. That's what you're thinking, okay? He's married to a woman named Eunice, so you know it's going to be real. You don't divorce a woman named Eunice, by the way. That's a total side issue, but uh, if you ever marry a woman named Eunice, you're staying married. But um, you know, the whole place is falling apart over here, ladies and gentlemen, the whole entire place. Uh... Anyway, if you've got to make a speech sometime in the future, we can help. Indeed, we can. I don't know if we can keep you on track and keep you focused, but we can certainly teach you how to be able to speak publicly and enjoy yourself and do a good job at it. And the first step is to tune into the free intro tonight. Uh, there are Zoom codes and passwords on ComedySchools.com 
but also on my Facebook page. Just scroll down a little bit on my Facebook page, Tony Visig. You'll find a direct link. Click it at 6 p.m. Leave your uh, camera off. Leave your microphone off if you want and just listen in, just like maybe you're doing right now. Um, just thought I'd tell you about that. This Friday free show, Class Clowns, uh, the show that has taken people all the way from the first show to national television. Uh, now, almost 20 years running, we have been doing that show. Uh, if you want to watch that show, it's an invitation show. Write me, Tony Vizek, here on Facebook or email me at comedyschools at hotmail.com and I will send you the link for that particular program. Uh, I also have an announcement about a live show. We're going to do one live show. We're going to do it. We're going to risk it and do one live show. We've done one live show since the pandemic started and we all lived. Uh, we do safe social distancing. Uh, only 40 people will be able to attend this show Sunday afternoon, August 9th. Sunday afternoon, August 9th at Stir Crazy Comedy Club. StirCrazyComedyClub.com. StirCrazyComedy.com. Uh, it'll be Tony Visigan Friends with many of the people that you'll be able to see uh, this Friday as well. More information about that coming. But tickets for that show, live show, already on sale at stircrazycomedyclub.com. Uh, okay, let's just start getting to it. Okay, uh, Paul Whitney called me a bobblehead addict. I am not a bobblehead. Matter of fact, uh, I'm out of new bobbleheads to show you. We've gone through uh, maybe about 40 or 50 bobbleheads, and we've mixed it up. We've shown other things. But right now, uh, currently, today, we have no new bobbleheads to show. We have gone through every bobblehead that we, um, uh, that we could possibly show you. Uh, there may be more in our future because we are now officially bobblehead rescue. We are not a collector of bob bobbleheads. We are rescuers of bobbleheads before they end up in the dumpster, before they end up in the trash. Uh, you see a young man back behind me there that is uh, my grandson, Sullivan Ramirez, who is helping me out uh, around the office today. Uh, he might unplug something in a minute and... Uh, uh, electrocute all of us and if we do you will have watched it you will go I was there the day the day the guy got electrocuted <laughs> you're just cleaning he's trying to clean uh, my office and that will be a lifetime job for him he'll be doing that when he is as old as I am now anyway uh, August 9th 4 p.m. stir crazy comedy club uh, tickets already on sale just google stir crazy you can buy tickets. Only 40 tickets available for Tony Vizek and friends. So please do that. Um, let's get to the stuff. No bobbleheads today. None whatsoever. Um, so we're going to get to the stuff. Before I show you the stuff, uh, it's comedy related. It's stand-up comedy related. I am seeing a lot of posts, seeing a lot of comments, hearing a lot of conversations about people going, that's not funny. That's not funny. That's not funny. We see it all the time, okay? And oftentimes it's, not, it's by people who aren't comics. It's even creepier when comics do it, okay? Anything can be made funny. Anything can be made funny, okay? All right? Mel Brooks made Hitler funny. There was a TV show called Stalag 17. It was a very funny show in the 60s. It was about uh, American prisoners of war and a German, uh, German prisoner of war camp. Uh, the movie Life is Beautiful had extremely funny elements in it, and it was about a man and his son in a concentration camp. Anything can be made funny. But right now, there seems to be a movement, and by the way, I don't think it's as big a deal as a lot of other stuff going on in the world, but something going on called cancel culture, where they're digging back into old uh, comedians' old sets and finding things they said and attacking them for it. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres 
Warner Media is now launched an investigation of her company because several employees said they didn't feel respected and that they were subject to microaggressions. Just let me say this about microaggressions, and I think this is very important, okay? If microaggressions are bothering you, it may be because you are a twerp. So, uh, <laughs> I, would that be what I just did? Would that be a microaggression or a regular? It's not passive, okay? But that's it. I think, there's, uh, I think the, uh, the country has been infected not only with COVID, but with a lot of twerpism, you know? And, uh, um, you know, we, tell, we say that everybody has a right. Uh, in, in America, you know, all of a sudden people go, I have a right to be heard, Okay? There's nowhere written that you have a right to be heard. You have freedom of speech. You can talk all you want. Doesn't mean anybody has to listen to you. Doesn't mean anybody has to take you serious. Doesn't mean any of that. But so many people want to be stand-up comics right now, and they are so darn woke. And that's okay. And it's a new generation for the most part, talking about what a new generation wants to talk about. I saw a meme today said that we are as far away from the 80s now as we were from the 40s and the 1980s. And that puts things in perspective. There weren't a lot of stand-up comedians that were big in the 1940s that I was watching or listening to in the 80s. Oddly enough, as I got involved with stand-up comedy, I went back and listened to a lot of those old comics. Went, These guys are better than anybody. Buddy Hackett is stunningly good. But as far as what we do, the man who invented it, the man who created it, okay, the man who's responsible for probably launching what is modern stand-up comic is this guy right here, Lenny Bruce. All right, Lenny Bruce. And this book, and here's a like, full picture of him. All right, almost looking, uh, I have no idea what's going on in this office. It's like there's a, a banjos and drums are being played. Uh, this book is called The Essential Lenny Bruce. Uh, is edited by a man named John Cohen. I don't know who that is. And what it is, is it is page after page after page of Lenny's routines. Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce was the first guy to kind of move stand-up comedy into talking about real stuff. Although, you know, the guys before him did. The guys talking about mother-in-laws and being in the army and, and uh, uh, hen-pecked husbands and that sort of thing. They were talking about real stuff. They were talking about what the uh, greatest generation and silent generation, those were the... Um, titles of uh, those generations prior to boomers, uh, what was going on in their lives. A lot of them been in the army, they'd fought in World War II or fought in Korea, came home, got married, moved to the suburbs, etc. And that's what they were talking about. Lenny started talking about jazz and beatniks and strippers and drugs and the hypocrisy. He was the first one talking about the hypocrisy in America. And if you find a Lenny Bruce album, and you listen to a Lenny Bruce album, or a Lenny Bruce tape, or find them on YouTube, and it's kind of hard to do, you'll hear some of the funniest stuff in the world, and stuff that he would be attacked for today. The things that he made fun of, and the ways that he made fun of them. So somehow, along the way, Lenny Bruce was no saint. There was nothing saintly about Lenny Bruce. He was martyred by the system. But there was nothing saintly about him. He was a heroin addict married to a stripper who he fooled around on all the time. That's who he was, but he was one of the funniest men ever. His routines are still kind of ripped off and redone today. I think it was one of the Wayans brothers said that if you're not stealing for a little bit from Richard Pryor, you're not funny. 
Uh, if you're not stealing a little bit from Lenny Bruce, you're not funny. And most people are stealing from him and don't realize it. Okay. Um, but most of what he did now, the odd thing is that a lot of the material that he did when he did it, he was pilloried for. He was put in jail for the language that he used. He was imprisoned for the language that he used. He was hounded for the language that he used. And he died young. Some of it had to do with a heroin overdose. But who knows how differently his life would have been if he would have been as praised as Richard Pryor. Well, Richard Pryor set himself on fire. So uh, praise to Sam Kinnis. Well, Sam. Anyway, you get my point here. Okay? In Lenny Bruce's day, he created modern stand-up comedy. He, that was not his job. He didn't go, I'm going to create modern stand-up comedy. But he created it. He did. And he was banned places. And he was talked about on television and newspaper articles and put down as a horrible person and vile and vulgar and incorrect. And people shouldn't say that sort of thing. And he opened up the floodgates of true freedom of speech and true, thought, true, true freedom of thought. True freedom of speech and true freedom of thought. And let the chips fall where they may. He opened the door for somebody, for Carlin and for Pryor and Lily Tomlin and Robin Williams and Kinnison and Bill Hicks. None of these people would have existed without Dirty Lenny. Dirty Lenny. That's what they used to call him. He even did a bit about it. Dirty Lenny. And the odd thing is, we're back there. Only this time, it is coming from so-called progressives. Now, a lot of things that progressive people stand for, I agree with. But uh, this, um, this sort of Maoist cultural revolution, where we dig back into people's lives to see if they are revolutionary enough, that actually thinking they were revolutionary, they were counter-revolutionary. Of judging people, uh, judging people's words by the standards of today, and a lot of the standards of today are just bullshit. We've come to a point where a woman as progressive and as groundbreaking and as bold as Ellen DeGeneres, and do I think Ellen DeGeneres uh, was, is funny? I saw Ellen DeGeneres live before she became famous at the Melrose Improv. I know she was and went, damn, this person, this girl is funny. I think I said chick at the time because I was kind of like, uh, I was using a lot of drugs and I was using it to talk, hey, baby, what's happening? Hey, chicks around? Far out, man. Uh, I was talking like that before I got sober up. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? I heard some chicks down there, dude. Um, hey, brother, do you know where I can score? So, uh, and I saw her, and she was stunningly funny. Saw her on evening at the improvs, and I go, man, she is good. Wow, I wish I knew how to put together jokes like that. I have used her as an example of the way to write a setup and a punchline where the punchline then becomes a setup to a new joke on and on and on. Stunningly funny. Groundbreaking, groundbreaking woman with her shows coming out as gay when that could destroy your career. Opening many doors, having a talk show. I don't watch daytime talk shows. They're, they're not for me. I don't hate them, but I just watch them. Go, this, this show's not for me. Wendy Williams is not for me. Okay? It's not designed for me. Okay? It's designed for a different group of people. Great. Great. Okay? Uh, Fred Scott says, it would be really great to be a really great comedian. You have to be self-destructive. Yes. I myself have cultivated a nasty internet addiction. So far, it hasn't helped much, but I'm working on it. Uh... Paul Whitney says, you said, chick, I'm offended for my beloved wife named Karen. 
<laughs> and now uh, several people who have worked for her production company at her show said they didn't feel respected at work. <coughs> you know who doesn't feel respected at work? Roofers. Do you, do you think anybody who roofs houses, if you go driving around Phoenix this week, at least all the way up to late morning, early afternoon, sometime past that, and you look enough, you'll see men on roofs making, putting hot tar and tar paper on roofs and nailing shingles. Do you think any of them are going to be able to go to the foreman and go, I feel a little microaggressed? They'll go, wait a minute, let's go up on the roof and talk about it. Let's go to the edge of the roof here. Now let's just, you live off at a distance. Kabam! There, now you're, now you're ground aggressed. You know, I used to be a roofer. I used to, uh, I used to work in the, uh, I was a brick laborer. That's lower than a bricklayer. I was the guy who built the scaffolds and carried the brick over and mixed the mortar. And all we did was torture each other all day by calling each other vile and filthy names. And that's how a new guy would come on and they would just hound a guy until he started hounding back and then they would stop. No one, no one, no one, no, one, no bricklayers ever go, you know, I, I just kind of feel like a, I, I don't feel respected here. Okay, up here, by the way, and um, I don't see anybody here from Mongolia, so I don't know if we truly have great diversity. Um, Lenny Bruce, brilliant comic, brilliant man, hounded and arrested, and his fortune uh, squandered on lawsuits because of his language, would probably be going through the same thing today with a different group of people. A new set of prudes, a new set of censors. So if you get a chance, by the way, if you get a chance to go back, and sometimes you have to dig her, there's not a lot of great video on Lenny, okay? He, didn't, he did one television shot and really blew it by talking about a, a, a plane that had been blown out of the sky not too long before the, uh, his show had aired, and they told him not to do the joke, and he did it anyway. He never got a lot of shots on national television, Steve Allen show, one, one special, I think, on NBC, a couple other things, but if you can find his records... You will have found a brilliant, brilliant comic. And if you're thinking about being a comic, besides ComedySchools.com, which is offering a free intro tonight at 6 p.m., in order to find it, all you have to do is go to my Facebook page and uh, find where I'm advertising, click on the link, or go to ComedySchools.com and find the link. <laughs> it's one of the greatest, greatest universities for stand-up ever, Lenny Bruce Records. Okay, now, talking about records, what have I got here? I'm going to do something here. Well, first off, we're going to go with this one. This is one of those weird little albums that was put out. And this is volume seven. Uh, there was a uh, series put out on uh, Rhino Records, which was this kind of offbeat label of people that love music and were kind of curators of music. It's called Nuggets, Early San Francisco. Nuggets, Early San Francisco. And this has incredible songs from bands that came out of San Francisco right before the psychedelic explosion. So the psychedelic explosion out of San Francisco is really embodied by uh, what was called the Big Four. And that was the Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane, Quicksilver Messenger Service, and Janis Joplin with Big Brother and the Holding Company. There were other bands uh, out of that, the psychedelic era. Uh, but those were the Big Four. These are all bands that came out of there right before that. And because of that, uh, a lot of them were um, then kind of pushed aside. They weren't taken seriously, but they put out some great singles. And on this album, Nuggets, 
Volume 7, Early San Francisco. It's a compilation put together by some guy named Gene Scalati and Bill Inglot, uh, which I think, uh, I don't know who they are, but I'm so glad they did this. I don't know what happened to them. Is the Bo, Bo Brummel's Laugh Laugh, which was a huge pop hit. Laugh, laugh, I thought I'd cry. Then their second hit, Just a Little. And I cry just a little because I love you so. <laughs> um, then um, then a, a group called the Mojo Men, which didn't really do anything. The Vegetables, Jane Ashton. Then on side two, um, we have uh, the Great Society. Okay? And you go, who are the Great Society? Okay, the Great Society were the first ones to do the song Somebody to Love, the huge Jefferson Airplane hit. Um, by the way, in the Great Society was Grace Slick. Grace Slick was the lead singer of the Great Society, and they got talked into coming over to the Jefferson Airplane. Jefferson Airplane had a lead singer, a girl named, uh, it's spelled S-I-G-N-E, I don't know how to pronounce it, Singy Anderson. And she left, Grace, Grace came over and took her song, brought her song Somebody to Love. But originally, uh, it was done by the Great Society, uh, a band that was one of the bigger bands out of San Francisco. Country Joe and the Fish have a song on here, Bass Strings. Uh, Country Joe and the Fish are only remembered by people like me for their song Fixing the Die Rag and for Country Joe's uh, immortal, memorable performance at Woodstock on stage with not even his band uh, leading a sing-along to uh, Fixing the Die Rag and spelling out uh, F and U and C and K. Uh, that's right, you know, the word fuck was being said on, on, the, on the stage at Woodstock. It was put on the Woodstock album. Uh, it caused my parents to take away my Woodstock album. <laughs> take away my... Get away from... <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it one One day. Yeah, I'm telling them something, a story. The word is in the story. I can't tell the story without the word. I know. Okay, so... Why don't you just say half the word, and, but the, and they'll still know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not going to say the word. It's a word that starts with an F, ends with a K. It's got a U and a C in the middle. Uh, okay, so my parents took away my album. Just like he tried to wash my mouth out right now. My parents took away my album... Listen, they heard me listening to it. They go, wait, you're not listening to that in our house. They didn't throw it away or burn it. And later on, when I moved out, they go, here, I guess you're going to have your album back. Uh, Country Joe uh, immortalized uh, with his performance at Woodstock. So this is a cool album because it gives you a snapshot in time uh, to uh, a time and a place in San Francisco before San Francisco, before Hate and Ashbury became a phrase when I say it that everybody knows before the term hippie had come around and before uh, psychedelic music had jumped up and uh, taken over in the way that it had. So if you want to listen to something cool, uh, Google the Bo Brummels and Google We Five. Bo Brummels and We Five. Okay, two mid-60s bands that had two or, th both of them had two or three monster hits and uh, you'll find some music that you really, really like uh, or that you really, really uh, should like. Uh, this next album I'm going to talk about, uh, and we talked about yesterday, uh, we uh, paid our respects to uh, Peter Green. Uh, Peter Green was the founder of Fleetwood Mac. He founded with Mick Fleetwood. Uh, they both came out of a band called John Mayall's Blues Breakers, uh, where so many uh, of the great and then legendary uh, uh, British rockers uh, uh, started out with John Mayall. Um, 
Peter Green did, along with uh, Mick Fleetwood. They came out, and shortly thereafter, I mean, like, almost immediately, John McVie joined them as well. Uh, Peter Green uh, left the band uh, well before their, uh, their monster gods of rock status of the mid-'70s, uh, and we, he died recently at the age of 72. Uh, but in the interim, from their early, just kind of blues-based, blues-based, uh, Chicago blues-based uh, style, we talked about uh, an album of theirs the other day, but I just thought I'd talk about this one too. I don't have the cover, and the reason I don't have the cover is because I actually got, and we've showed this before, I got Mick Fleetwood's autograph once, and then I took the cover of the album. See what I did? See, that's Mick Fleetwood's autograph there, and I took the cover along with the autograph, and I had it matted. I had it mad and created a little piece of art, okay? So going through uh, the records today, looking for something to talk to you guys about, I then came across the album Mystery to Me by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, fantastic album. Uh, this was basically Bob Welch. So, you know, Mick Fleetwood was very smart, okay? He's been with that band since the beginning. He is the nominal head of Fleetwood Mac. He and John McVie kind of run Fleetwood Mac. But they've always found other artists and let the other artists shine and then let what the other artists were doing, I don't know what's going on behind me right now, crazy things, uh, let what the other artists were doing <laughs> uh, really kind of take the band in whatever direction they were. And Bob Welch, a guy named Bob Welch, was then with the band as a guitar singer, songwriter. And on this album, almost every song is written by Bob Welch. This album includes uh, Emerald Eyes, Believe Me, just Crazy Love, Forever, Keep Going, Side 2 is The City, uh, Miles Away, Somebody, The Way I Feel, For Your Love, and Why. The big hit off of here, the big hit off of here, I said what Lauren Oliver put up, when I woke up this morning, you were on my, my, hi, that's a song by uh, We Five. Um, the big hit was Hypnotized. Feels like a dream. You've got me hypnotized. So if you want to hear a song, and it's not one of the songs that's played a lot. For some reason, Albatross, which is an earlier Fleetwood Mac song, it was written by Peter Green, gets played because it's such a trippy tune. It's kind of remembered. But the song Hypnotized was a pretty nice-sized hit. Okay, I don't know where it charted, but it's a pretty nice-sized hit. Played a lot on album-oriented rock uh, stations in the 70s. This album came out in 73. Uh, you want to YouTube the song Hypnotized because it is a little hypnotic, trance-like tune written by Bob Welch. Same guy had written uh, uh, Sentimental Wind. You are here and warm, but I could look away. So uh, you want to check that out and they go, wow, I can't believe that's the same band that did Gold Dust Woman. I can't believe that's the ba same band that did The Chain. I can't believe that's the same band that did Tusk. Can't believe that's the same band that did Rhiannon. But it is. Mick Fleetwood and John McVie would find these incredible artists. Whether it was Peter Green, Danny Corain, Bob Welch, Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks. Uh, I mean, they had a Christine McVie after the band had been going for a while. And then John married her. Um, and then let them shine and take the band in unusual directions. I mean, what bold chances to take. Instead of going, all right. 
We're a Chicago-based blues band. We play Chicago blues. That's all we play. I don't know what that record is, man. Some sort of soft. Yes. When you said chains. Oh, chain. Here is chain. We will never break the chain. Um, there we go. There's the chain. They saw it. They saw. They saw. They saw the chain. I'm being upstaged. <laughs> uh, anyway, man, check out Fleetwood Mac. All right, and. Check out my free intro, free intro tonight at 6 p.m., please. Okay, it's easy to do. On my Facebook page, here's a direct link. You just have to click, click the link and kick back. If you know somebody who might benefit from it, send them the link. Tonight's absolutely free. A free class. Okay, no obligation. Check it out. I'm going to be back tomorrow at the same time, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We might have, we have cleaning going on during the show today. Tomorrow, we might have major construction. We might be tearing down all the walls in this place and just expanding it out. You never know. You never know what we're going to do. But you know what? We do it for you, and we do it because we have fun. All right? Sullivan, come over and say goodbye. You've been on camera so much. Come over and say goodbye. Right here. This one. Any day now. Any day. Any. There. He's, 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 he's channeling himself through a frog, although we can see him on YouTube. The Facebook people can't see you. Come over and stick your head in here for the Facebookers. They go, say goodbye. All right, good. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona Time, Pacific Time, whatever it is. It's 2 o'clock. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.